and welcome to the Sam Deborah Podcast, episode 14. In this episode, I speak with stand-up comedian, artist, and overall incredible human being, Ariel Jimenez. I met Ariel through the artistic community here in Los Angeles a couple years ago, and he's just a phenomenal guy, a phenomenal artist, a phenomenal human being. He's a really deep dude, and this conversation, to no surprise, gets really deep really quickly, and those are the people I love in my life. Ariel is a pillar, I would say, here in the Los Angeles artistic community. He's connected to so many different groups. He's let me know about so many different artistic events uh, and different people here in the community. And he's just a great guy. So I really look forward to you listening to this conversation. The book of the episode is going to be one of my personal favorite, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. It is a novel, and without giving too much away, it deals with the realm of finding your purpose in life or finding your treasure, as the book says. And it's one of my favorites. So The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, you cannot go wrong. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Ariel. Ariel yeah. Jimenez, you are now in the Sam Dever podcast. Welcome, my friend. Dude, thank you for having me, man. Like, first of all, it's so fucking good to see your beautiful face. Oh. It's so fucking good to uh, spend some time, you know, and just fucking ch chop it up, man. Like, you're, you're a really cool guy, and I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we're fucking, like, doing this shit. You could just catch up and shit, man. Yeah, well, likewise, man. And, I mean, really, I'll start this conversation. I mean, I met you at a uh, – it was Ford, Ford – one of Ford's uh, – Ford Fanter's events. At yeah. place. And I yeah, just remember yeah, you, sure. you were so personable and so uh, interested in art and creativity and all these things. And I started asking you some questions, and you go, "Well, have you been to this?" I'm like, no. "Yeah." Have you been that to this? Like no, this like, event, yeah. this event in LA, like this artist. You seem to be someone that has, you know, from my interactions with you, always has their finger on the pulse of the creative I mean, in Los Angeles. Is that? A I fair mean, statement? like. Oh, facts. Like, first of all, all those places have closed down. Just, <laughs> are you We're talking pre-pandemic right now. <laughs> pre-pandemic. Oh, my God. They all closed. But, I mean, I just, you got to understand, I'm just, I'm, I'm a man of the people. Like, I, mm. I love art. Like, you got to understand, I love authentic displays of, like, expression in any format. Like, like, what is it? Like, let me just, let me just get personal off the bat. I don't know what your home life was like. But my parents, uh, they were one of those people where, like, if they had a problem, it would just, it would just stay there. And then the next day, be like, all right, let's, you know, let, it's a new day. Never bring it up. Just, just keep it going. And I was like, how do, you, how do you have a marriage like that? And then obviously you don't. <laughs> but, like, that, I think, seeing, like, that was my first interaction with like seeing what not expressing yourself does it just it, you know people just don't understand you or they don't understand like because my parents had like simple problems that if you just talked I, I think i think they would have been resolved you know what i mean but um like i just as i got older i got more expressive i made sure that i'm like hey i want people to know how i'm feeling and i, I imagine other people feel the same way and I started going to these art spaces and it's really these art spaces are the only places that I've seen people just wanting to just express themselves just purely, just like pure, like it could either be an anger and hate and love, whatever it is. Let me give you a raw, 
authentic display of like emotions and humanity. And I love that shit, which is also why I like going to your acting stuff. Cause mm. like, you know, like it's people acting, but like, shit, you guys are really, you, you know what? If you didn't tell me it was acting, especially, you know, you're a great actor. If you didn't tell me oh, that there was an acting squad, I would have just been like, yo, this, this is amazing. <laughs> Oh and yeah, still remember, you you came to multiple events we had, yeah. and yeah, man, I really you're so supportive, man. By the way, this is getting real deep, real quick, and I'm so this is the <laughs> best, man. Man, you took it like usually we build up, but we're going straight no. to climax. This is great. Uh, no, man, I got more. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I know. Well, and like, so taking it back, like you talking about, and thank you for the kind words, man. I, I, I really, no, dude, you're an amazing actor, and I I want you to receive all the accolades. I want to give you your flowers. While you're fucking here, while you're in front of me, because you fucking deserve all of them, man, for real. You're an amazing comic and artist yourself, so which we will get into. Um, so thank you, man. Good, and that's what I love about you, man. It's just like every interaction I've had, it's just been nothing but good vibes and good energy, and and, and also, God, I don't know where to begin because you you opened up this thing where we can go like twenty different directions. But back to the expression thing for a sec, like. One thing I found, and you know, it's probably like this in other cities too, but out here especially, yeah, mm. there's a lot of people, quote unquote, trying to make it. But mm. there's also, I feel, another subset of that that, yeah, maybe they're trying to make it, but you realize that this is who they are, and they have yeah. to do this. It's like not a, it's no longer, it's not that they're choosing. No, like they have to. There's something inside of them that they have to let out. It's therapy. The lead singer of Imagine Dragons said something akin to that. I don't, I don't know the guy's name, but he, he's cool. He had a quote where he was like, you don't do music because you want to do music. You do music because you have to do music. Mm. And I find that fascinating. As someone who I'm surrounded by those types of people, the ones who like have to, they have to do this. They have to do this. And more importantly, they have to monetize it. And that's where my disconnect sort of is from the thing. I just like, I just, I'm here for the humanity. That's all I'm here for. I'm here for just that. I'm here for just like the, like, I, I had this thing where when I was a kid, I, I, for context, I was not cool. I, I mean, I wasn't like a loser or anything. Not, not, okay, that's a bad way to describe people because I don't want to classify people. I just, I wasn't like the guy who was like, you know, everywhere. Um, however, I was the person who was talking to everyone. Like I, 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 went, I had a really interesting high school experience because like nobody in my school, we didn't have cliques. If that makes, because like I don't know, I, I don't know if you experienced this, but if you go to elementary school with everyone, you kind of know everyone. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, you went to elementary school, middle school, you kind of know everyone. Yeah, that was kind of the vibe that my high school had like we knew who everyone was we all went to elementary school together or maybe not elementary school but definitely middle school because it was right across the street right and it was a thing of like i would just talk to everyone mm. i just like i just wanted to know what it was like to be everyone i wanted to know what it was like to be a drama kid what it was like to be an improv kid what it was like to like be part of like the uh french club what it was like to be part of like the health club i did cross country i talked to like everyone because i i just always wanted to I always wanted to just see the humanity in people because I always like felt like an outsider in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I know objectively how I'm feeling is, is probably just like, it can't be like, I'm the only person who's like alone. You know, people will do that. Like when you're like, cause uh, when you're like one of those like people who's like maybe just a weirdo, cause I'm definitely a weirdo. 
Like, I'm a weirdo you just, too. Right, we all are. Like, it's just like, oh man, like, is anybody else? Like, like I remember like, this is gonna sound so stupid. I remember like thinking that because I watched anime as a kid, I was like, man, nobody understands me. And that's such a weird thing. Cause we have, and we have no joke every July in the Staples Center, we have the biggest anime convention in the world. Anime X, that, that, that thing is huge. Tens and, of thousands of people, if not hundreds yeah. of thousands. And it's just like, place. man, like nobody understands me because I watch anime and it's like, stop, <laughs> like just, just wait till July. I promise you, then you'll be, you'll feel like a real outsider because it's like, okay, I'm a weirdo, but not like that. There's a difference. <laughs> Sidebar, uh, is, did you watch Dragon Ball Z growing up? Oh, of course. Dragon Dude, Ball wasn't Z. that such a great show? E- easily. No, no, that, that was probably what set it all off for everyone. Like Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, Naruto, uh, just the basic stuff. Full Metal, you ever watch Full Metal Alchemist? That was, that was the no. one that did it for me. That was, that was the one that like really, like Dragon Ball Z was just cool, like light shows. Yeah, but Full Metal Alchemist, that that thing made me cry. Like that was, really? oh my god. Yeah, no, I recommend it. It should be on Netflix if you haven't. Well, good thing yeah. Netflix Full Metal Alchemist. You said. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you I'll send you the name of it after this. Uh, but if not that one, I know HBO. You have HBO Max. I'll give you my HBO Max. Like oh, if you don't have. Wow, it. that's quite a gift. HBO Max is amazing, by the way. I do not yeah. have one. Uh, my I got friend you. and neighbor Eric has it though, and we've watched several things on it. Um, oh. I'll, I'll still, I'll, I'll still, I'll still just give you my info, just so you can watch it. Uh, oh, it's, it's amazing. Greatest! Wow, Christmas comes early on the no, podcast. No, it's, there's just some good stuff on there. You can watch Euphoria and like a bunch of they have a bunch of like I would say their anime collection rivals Funimation because Funimation has all the anime. HBO Max has all the good anime. Oh yeah! Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's you know what's crazy. Uh, I'll. I'll so uh, during this past year, I watched the uh, Justice League cartoons. I don't know if you ever caught those. I fucking love those. There were Dude. so many jokes that were not for kids. Dude, thank yeah. you. See, right now I feel understood because it's like I'm watching this and the character development and the writing yeah. is like genius. And then when you get yeah. to season three or four when like, uh, what was it? Green Lantern finally expresses himself to Hot Girl. Yeah. After so many subtle little hints yeah. of them, like, oh, see, look at that. There was, <laughs> there was, you know, there's like a few shows I remember as a child that my dad was actually interested in. Like, my, my for context, my dad, just so you know who, where he came from, mm-hmm. went to art school, uh, dropped out, was a mechanic, and then became a lawyer. That's like Whoa. my dad's trajectory. What is it? Uh, like, he, it's, it's funny because like he has old sketchbooks, but my dad, he does have an interest in, like, uh, anime and cartoons and stuff like that. But, like, obviously, real world, being a parent, you, you know, you put that stuff in the back burner. But um, there was a few cartoons I remember my dad was really into. And Justice League was one of them. The other show was Megas XLR, but I don't know if you remember that show. I don't remember that one. Yeah, that one, that, 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 that one's more obscure. But Justice League, that was a show me and my dad could, like, get behind on and watch. It was really cool. And I guess yeah, and I guess my point to bringing that one up was it it really showed me the power of cartoons. Like people are like, yeah. "Oh, cartoons are this or they're that." I'm like, no, there's actually a lot of intelligent, extreme. I mean, even yeah. shows like Family Guy and like all these other yeah. ones, like easily. No, what you got to do, what you got to do is like when I give you my HBO Max because I will give it to you. Okay. Watch Infinity Train. Everyone it I called? talk, it's called Infinity Train. Infinity. It's Train. about children who go through some sort of issue 
and they end up in a train that each train car is its own universe. And in order to escape the train, they have to slowly learn lessons about life. And the thing, hold up, hold up. Here's where it gets cool, though. Each season will follow someone new, and it won't always be a child. There are seasons where you follow children who refuse to leave the train because they know, I don't want to go back to that. Let me just live on the train forever. And you follow their life. And it's a really interesting show. No joke. It got canceled because of the fact that it wasn't for children. It was, it's a really, it is a show that I tell everyone to watch. And everyone who's seen it, they're like, this is one of the best cartoons I've ever seen. It is, it is so good. It's called Infinity Train. It's on HBO Max. Wow, that's really yeah. up my alley. It sounds like a whole karma birth and it's, death rebirth type of thing. No, it is, it is amazing. And it really, really, like, it, it bothers me that they got canceled because the creator of the show had, like, a bunch of stuff still planned. He got four seasons, and he's like, I have four more seasons left, but he's like, I, I, can, I couldn't do it. And he was like, before I tell you guys, he, he, he did an AMA on Reddit. He was like, before I tell you guys what I had planned, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still stick it out. I, I have hope that somebody's going to pick up the show. And as far as I know, no one has. Wow. It's such a good show. It bothers me so much. That show is so good. But yeah. Well, I would definitely look forward to checking that out. And I'll have to say, um, on the last podcast, uh, her name is JJ. She recommended Squid Game to me. Oh, God, no. On Netflix. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm down to the last episode. Is it, what do you think of it? I haven't seen it, but I know enough about it to where I'm like, I don't need this. I'm going to be interested. I'm going to be honest, man. I watched that third episode. And I'm like, I'm in. That's fair. <laughs> I'm in. It's, very, it's very violent. It's very, but one thing it definitely for me gets me thinking a lot about is just the appreciation of life. I, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but it's very yeah. violent. Lots of people. No, 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 for sure. I, it, just, context, it just I reminds watch, me of like how fragile this thing is. You know what I mean? For context, I do watch a lot of Korean cinema. Like I, I, I think yeah. South Korean cinema is better than American cinema. Easily. easily Parasite easily. though. Parasite came from South Korea, right? That movie? Parasite like came from South Korea. Have you ever watched, you ever seen Old Boy? No. That is, that is the quintessential, that is what will get you, at least that's what got me into Korean movies. Watch Old Boy. Just for context, here's the plot of it. The plot is this guy gets kidnapped, um, like just from the middle of the street, he gets kidnapped, and then uh, he gets locked, put in a cell, and he stays there for about 15 years. Doesn't get an answer why. And then one day, like they feed him, they, he's stuck in that cell though for 15 years. And then he finally hears a voice through like a, a recording uh, a guy lets him out and says, I trapped you here for 15 years. Find out why. And it's a fucking hell. Of, it's, really, it's, it's really crazy. Like you're watching it the whole time. You're like, this is like, you want to see depravity. You want to see humanity at its lowest old boy. Like that is, <laughs> that is the movie that completely sold me on, on South Korean cinema. And it sucks because they made an American remake with Josh Brolin. And it was awful. It was, oh, it was so bad. Oh, so bad. No, I want the I hate original. It. I want the no, original. No, no, you, you gotta watch the I want to say it's on HBO Max. I could be wrong. That, though, but it's so good. Oh. oh, boy. Wow, you're dropping gems early on into this. Um, well, and one thing I wanted to ask you, too, is like we were talking in the pre-show room. Um, yeah. As far as people in L.A., I mean, you, from my understanding, grew up for the majority of your life out here, right? Yeah, I, I moved here from New York. Uh, I grew up in Manhattan, like spent the first like, well, like nine, 10 years of my life. 
Okay. Um, and I moved out here in like third grade. So I've been here ever since third grade. So I would say yes. Okay. What, what was it like growing up in the Los Angeles area for you? Um, that experience like? So here's the thing. Yeah. I live in a town called Santa Clarita, mm -hmm. which if you look up on a map, here's LA. And then on the outskirts, that's Santa Clarita. It's a cool place. Um, Santa Clarita, just so, you can, just, just so you can understand when I say this, it is a void. It is surrounded by mountains, and the only way to it is through the highways. So the 405, the 5, the 210, they all converge into one highway, the 5. And that, at that convergence, that's where Santa Clarita is. There's only one way into this town. And it is an interesting place. Uh, not bad. Actually, it's the opposite of bad. It's great. I love it, actually. It's a beautiful area. <laughs> no, it's so nice. No, this is like, here's the thing. So Santa Clarita is, it's like, this is going to sound weird. It's like a Disney Channel suburb. Like, <laughs> it, it's so jarring because it's like everyone who grows up here that I know, we all can objectively admit that this place is super safe and it's super boring. And that's by design. Um, so like my dad, for example, my dad grew up in, uh, uh, Washington Heights, uh, New York. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was he obviously grew up very poor. Like my grandparents are immigrants. He did the struggle to get himself out. And when you grow up in a very horrible city environment, your goal is to always move to the suburbs. So my dad found the suburbs and we have some family out here, which is why we came to California. Um, but yeah, he settled in Santa Clarita. And I'm thankful that he did because this place, it's so safe and so nice. And it's almost hard to extrapolate what that is like. Mm. Um, but it's a nice area. The thing is, I didn't really start exploring LA until like 2018 because I didn't really? leave Santa Clarita. Yeah, because the thing about Santa Clarita is you need a car to get around everywhere in LA. Mm. And that goes double if you live in the suburbs. And I can tell you a lot about Santa Clarita. And I can tell you a lot about L.A., but my knowledge about L.A. is about three years old. Because while I grew up out here, again, if you look up on a map where Santa Clarita is, it is on the far reaches of, of L.A. It is, it is on the outskirts. It is in the boonies. It is the last destination before you get to Bakersfield, which is an hour away. And it is a wild – it's a cool spot. Like, if you're ever trying to raise a family or if you're a celebrity – like a lot of people live in Santa Clarita that are Hollywood types because no paparazzis are allowed here. Mm -hmm. And they have a very strict, like no dispensaries, no strip clubs. Everything shuts down at like nine o'clock, roughly nine or 10. Mm -hmm. uh, you have, you know, nothing loud past 10 o'clock. And in general, like everyone, like I have friends from Orange County and you could describe that as a suburb, but Orange County and every other city, they're all connected because they're still part of the city. But Santa Clarita, again, you need a car to leave it because it's so far outside of LA. It's just, it's just again, like it's just a very interesting place to grow up. Uh, good place, though. I would recommend anyone to come here, everyone to come here. It, it's a great, you know, we need, a, we need more of a nightlife out here, though. Like, Jesus Christ. We have emo night, though. That's, that's pretty fun. I, I don't know if you're into My Chemical Romance, but we got that. What's it That's called? Cool. Uh, some some uh, some places will do emo night. Oh, like, emo uh, night. Yeah, where they play like My Chemical Romance, 
Uh, yeah, they were a great band back in the day. Dude, they're dude, they're they're performing. They're, they're, they they do still, live shows. Okay, yeah, it shows how the loop I am. No, uh, no, 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 no. It just started though. But like they last year, last year they were like reunion, baby. And obviously, all the people my age and everyone who grew up on My Chemical Romance and straightened their hair in high school was like, I'm in. And tickets immediately sold out. And I'm jealous. And they're supposed to perform next month. I don't know if that's still happening, but we'll see. What was their number? I swear to you, I listened to the, that huge hit they had, that one. Like Parade? I could have been. I can't remember. It was on MTV like all the time. Helena? I can tell you, I can tell you their whole discography. They're, they're, they're good. Besides Danger Days, the last album they produced was awful. But my company, like Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, Black Parade, classics. Certified classics. I don't care where you were in 2007 or 2008, you were listening to those. You were listening yeah. to My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, and you were watching Transformers oh. and oh, just... Yeah. <laughs> man, those... God. <laughs> God, the nostalgia is real, man. Oh, my God. It's, it's One more thing I'll, I'll say to you about Santa Clarita real quick. Well, first of all, so... Yeah. And I've gone to Santa Clarita, quote-unquote, Valencia. Is it Santa Clarita, Valencia? Is it two separate places? Or no, 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 no. So... Santa Clarita is the name of the whole city, but we have like different sections. There's Valencia, Saugus, Stevenson's Ranch, Canyon Country, which is where oh. I live. And even within those, there's pockets. So in Valencia, you have Stevenson's Ranch, which is where a lot of wealthy people live. Six in Valencia, Flags, what? Six Flags is in Valencia. Yeah, right? yeah, Six Flags. Yeah, yeah, first thing, yeah, Six Flags is there. Yeah, which is, I, I'm so sick of that place. I, I went to it too many times as a kid, but it's cool. Great place. Uh, but yeah, no, like if you say Valencia, that's the same thing as saying Santa Clarita. Um, it's just that there's a bunch of sections. Because fun fact, the population of Santa Clarita is equal to Salt Lake City. That's how big this place is. Whoa. But yeah, it doesn't feel like it at all, though. Like we have like I think like five or six high schools. But again, okay. like, but again, it doesn't feel like it because, like, you, like, really, you can get across town in like 15 minutes. Like it's not yeah. like it's really not that hard. Like, it's a very small town. Big wide streets. Yeah. I, yeah, very unwalkable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a thing of, like, I remember I would, like, go to just random people's, like, houses, like, friends of friends. And we would all be like, oh, do you know, like, Anna from, like, this place? Oh, dude, of course I know her. She's friends with this guy. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's one friend away from knowing everyone. As long as you're, like, because everyone, like, what's the word? If you go to someone your age, and being like, oh, I went to this school. Oh, okay. Like, I remember I had that happen to me. Like, I remember, like, last year, I was just talking to a girl. Like, what is it? She was doing this, like, uh, charity volunteer thing. She was trying to make her own, like, charity and stuff. And I met her at an art space. We were just, like, talking and stuff. And, like, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then the topic of, like, you know, school brought up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just, I just went to heart. She was like, wait, I went to heart. And I'm like, wait, what year did you graduate? And I was like, I graduated, like, 2012. I graduated 2013. And we were like, wait a minute, who do you know? And then we just started listing off names and I knew some of the people. And it was interesting because like she's someone who I just thought, you know, she was just another LA person, but like, nah, she grew up in Santa Clarita. And I was like, that's wild. And yeah, like talk to other Santa Clarita people. They, they, they'll have very interesting opinions about this place. Like you love <laughs> to hate it. You love to hate this place because it's Jesus Christ, my God, suburban hellscape. I, I never great. watched the series, but I think there was a series called Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's about a bunch of zombies. It's about a bunch oh, of uh, yeah, middle class family 
happens to be run by zombies or something. I never watched it either, but I thought it was cool. I'm like, oh, oh, the rent's about to go up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Putting Santa Clarita on the map. Everyone's going to move to Santa Clarita. <laughs> Fun fact, we are, the, we are the 13th fastest growing city in the country, which is terrifying. Dude, I think you have now become the unofficial spokesman of Santa Clarita. No, like, no, God, no, fuck no. no I don't, I don't you know a lot about Santa Clarita. Like you know more than any person I've known. I because love I've lived because I've I've been here. I've been here since nine years old. Like <laughs> most of my everyone I know is like nobody ever knows about Santa Clarita. Like it's it's wild. Everyone I talk to, whenever I bring up that I'm from Santa Clarita, they're like, "Holy crap, you drive far to be here." Everywhere I go, because Santa Clarita is again on the outskirts. And when I talk to them about, like, they don't know anything about this place. Like, they don't know. Like, I have friends that are in Long Beach. I've been to Long Beach, though. I can tell you things about it. You have the, you know, the center. You have the Queen Mary. Okay, cool. I have <laughs> friends that live in uh, Alhambra. That's a really cool spot. I it's wish I lived spot, there. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they, I could tell you some stuff about there. I know no one who's ever, like, come to Santa Clarita recreationally. <laughs> well, you know what's cool about that place, though? And, uh... First of all, yeah, I mean, it's awesome you got to grow up there because I always said if I were going to have a family in this area, oh, Santa Clarita would yeah. be at the probably the top of the list. No, no, no. It, it's 100%. That, I can tell you everything. It is yeah. a great place to raise a family. Not a good place when you get older. Hence why right. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> well, and then um, it also, yes, you're outside LA. And yes, when major traffic hits, it can be a bear getting back in. But really, what, 20, yeah. 25 minutes, you're basically in the valley. Yeah, no, you're done. Yeah, it's it's, it's, easy. Like, it's 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 a nice spot to be. You're close enough, I guess. Yeah, you're not right next door to it, but yeah, you you're pretty close. That that's how I look at it. Like the valley, like like everything to get to Hollywood is about half an hour. Anything in the valley is about twenty twenty five minutes. Um, that's not bad at all. No, it's not. Like, again, it's and it's all highway, so it's not even like that bad. Like that's why I'm like I don't drive that much i do drive a lot because i'm going to like you know hollywood and stuff like downtown is far to me but right. like pasadena that's not far to me that's like a pasadena is about a 30 that's about a 40 minute drive you probably but, take the uh the back way too to Pasadena. yeah right? pretty much yeah like yeah. yeah like no traffic so it's like it's like i don't also i don't i don't mind driving i have audiobooks i have music that i listen to i'm like i listen to like one new album a week so i'm always awesome. like digesting like a ton of music mm. so like like I, I honestly don't mind driving at all. Like I, I like it, but I, I do hate the. Uh, I just hate traffic though. Like with a passion, I, I hate it. With a passion, God, I hate traffic. And there's yeah. definitely traffic out here. Um, yeah, it's, it's but, awesome. but I'm like you too. I because I've driven a lot for work and stuff, and yeah, yeah audio book, yeah, music, catching up with people. I mean, there's yeah, it's definitely. It's also a meditation in a way too. I found yeah. there's been times, especially out here, you know. And you're naming Alhambra, you're naming all these different places. What I do, one of the things I do love about LA is there's just so many different worlds here yeah. in one spot. Like your world, Easily. Santa Clarita, is a world. Like I'm over here in North Hollywood. That is yeah, a world. you're close. Alhambra is a world. Pasadena is a world. It's, that, that's what yeah. I love about there's so many like unique places just all bunched up together. That was, that was honestly why I left Santa Clarita. Let me phrase that. When I say left, I mean like I still live here. I've never lived anywhere else. But, like, when I, like, go venturing and go to these art spaces, one of the things is, like, this is I, – I, I don't know if this is just a suburban thing or not, but I have this thing where, like, I know what type of person lives in this, in, in this area. I know what they're like. That's cool. They're not bad people. I want more. Mm -hmm. Like, because 
there's a certain so this area is very privileged in a way mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing that's just a thing though it's just a thing you know people live in the suburbs they just they have certain they do certain stuff that is like cool so like an example would be very commonly people would go to coachella like this is the thing you do because it's you know it's a very middle to upper class area and middle to upper class children like to go to music festivals and stuff like that which don't get me wrong i'm 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 cool with that i just don't necessarily have the means to drop 500 dollars at a moment's notice right. for a concert and that was just like not not that most of my friends did that but it was a thing of like yes a lot of people would do that and like i'm not even into i'm not into raves or any like huge things like that but um i remember like i was like i there was a certain point i think when i was like 20 or 21 where i was like i've met what this place is like i know the people here they're good people you know it's a suburban place i have i honestly don't have a problem with them but that said i'm only seeing one type of person at this place Mm. and i know that sounds super super shallow and super conceited and super like it's just that like if you grow up around an environment and you can look at the environment and see this is what the people around here are like and i'll talk to people and i'll you know again nice super cool people i just wanted to see more what is it what is it like from the people that grew up in long beach people that grew up in carson folks that grew up in compton like what are they like like what about people who grew up in pasadena or alhambra mm-hmm. and other suburbs and i'm just like it's it's cool because it's like in a weird way no matter where you go we're all still the same but just the way we were brought up is just different you know i love that man but and, and i think i think you if you ever do a podcast i think a great podcast would be you talking to people all the different places here in the that, LA. That would, I, I mean just la county be. shoot i mean <laughs> you, you, can just, you can just do that for tons of episodes but yeah i i agree with you it, it's you know, and I've been, I, you know, I grew up in a small town in the Midwest. And were you in Vegas? Vegas? I thought they were in Vegas. I moved here from Vegas, but I grew up in Illinois in a small town. Wait, wait which part? Champaign? Where we're at? Oh, you know Champaign? Yeah, I, I had a job out there. What is it once? Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you, no, 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 no. You lived in Illinois? No, 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 no. I didn't live, in, I didn't live anywhere. Oh, I, I had job. a job prior to the pandemic. I had a job where I was inspecting slaughterhouses and food farms. And as as a result of that job, I would have to travel extensively. And on the few, I was mostly on the West Coast, Mm -hmm. but on some occasions I would have to go to the Midwest. And one of the places that I spent time in was like Champaign, Illinois. And I was like, huh, this is a college town. It seems kind of dead, but it was cool. Like, it was, uh, it was all right. And then, you know, I went to Indianapolis and that seemed kind of fun. Like, Indianapolis seemed really cool from what I saw of it. Yeah, Champaign. Yeah. I had some buddies go to University of Illinois and I definitely, yeah. I, par- I partied there. It's a, it's a big university, but yeah, I, I'm from about an uh, hour and maybe 45 minutes north of that. But ben? The, ter- the terrain and everything, like Champaign, that's basically where I'm from. That's Wait, you know, like an hour north, that would be like, isn't that like heading towards Chicago? Heading towards Chicago. Um, that's wild. not quite. Yeah, I'm, I'm that's not interesting. From, I'm from the middle of the state, pretty much. That is interesting. By Peoria, yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Peoria. Yeah. Yeah. You got the yeah. fucking the bridge, right? The bridge and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, dude. No, that's a nice. What's it like? What, what's Peoria like? Because I have friend. I have one friend that lives out there. Really? I don't know anything about that place. Again, I don't. I've only I've only been to Champaign, Illinois, but Peoria looked cool as fuck. 
Yeah, no, Peoria was a great, and I, I'm from a town called Canton, which is 30 minutes outside, but we wanted to go do like uh, certain things. We would go to Peoria because that's the- Yeah, it's like right there, 30 minutes, yeah, it's right yeah, there. Yeah, 30 minutes. That's when I, when I fly back home, that's where I fly into. It's Peoria. Peoria Airport. Yeah, we live like 30 minutes from Peoria Airport. Right well, now. what's that like, actually? Actually, that sounds yeah. really fascinating. You're, you're, a, you're a small town person. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm relating it to your Santa Clarita experience. Yeah. It's similar, like that's all I knew for, and even my college, I went to the local junior college. Yeah, that's what I did. Played a years basketball there. Then I transferred to the university, Western Illinois, which is uh, 45 minutes away. So I, it really wasn't, but I, I know exactly I what you're that. talking about. I got to that point though, where I'm like, I had an opportunity. Some buddies were going to university of Arizona at the time. And they're like, Hey, we know you just finished up with school. We need another roommate out here in Tucson, Arizona. Nice. want to come out. And I just said, yes, I just said, as yes. you should. Yes. As you should and, do it. Yeah. Uh, but bringing it back to, uh, growing up in a smaller town, it, I mean, a beautiful experience, safe, amazing yeah, people. Nice. Cool people. But also with that being said, you are, limited in some capacities as far as being exposed to different things i would say yeah people yeah pretty much yeah you only know like what you know that's what you it only is you only know what you know and then exactly. I, it's not wrong with that it's just yeah and i will say this i love it there in the fall time especially but i said my senior year of college when it was negative nine degrees Fuck that. and Jesus. i had to uh use a lighter to de-ice my uh. um <laughs> key thing I said, never again. <laughs> I'm yeah. heading to where palm trees and sunshine are. It started with Arizona, then it ended up being Vegas for almost eight years, and now it's been LA. For how four. was Vegas actually? Like, how, how, how did the how did you go from Tucson to Vegas? It was incredible. Um, it's an incredible. It's, it's still. It's I consider it my second. It like Canton's my home home. Yeah. Vegas is also a home. Uh, it was an amazing ride, man. First two years was a complete party. I was nice. lucky to have survived. Um, then I did so many things there. Um, that's where I really got into media, filming things, uh, did a lot of music stuff, like all really, it, I, I, it was really my artistic breeding ground for me to come out here. Really. Wow. I, that's I, you know, wild. And to this day, yeah, I, I so many, everyone thinks the Vegas strip, which that's always there, but there is, I think you would dig the art scene there too. There's a lot of dope, art yeah. things and no 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 y'all have y'all have container things. park i wanted There's to go there park yeah it's a yeah. cool spot y'all have have you been to omega mart have you gone there recently what's it called omega mart have you been to that no where's that at it's an area of 15 it's an area of 15 it's it's near uh oh, near area 51 area 51 yeah right? no no area 15 oh they call it's, it area 15 okay they call it area 15 it's this uh giant little megaplex and, I've heard, uh, I know what you. I know I have not been to that. You should go. Hey, look. You should go to Omega Mart. You want to see some trippy art stuff? That is the place where you should go. One thousand percent. Did you Omega go? Mart? Oh yeah. Me and uh, my friend. Uh, what is it? So what is it? One of my one of my friends. Uh, what is it? Her name is Megan. Uh, she was talking about like, yo, it's been a while since we've hung out. And like, my, well, let me phrase that. Like, this is this is a friend of mine. This is a good friend of mine. But like, we just haven't hung out. Like in a while, like, as in like just us two or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, we should go to San Diego. And I'm like, oh, you want to hang out, hang out. If that's the case, <laughs> let's go to Vegas. And so she was like, what's in Vegas? And I told her about this uh, art collective called Meow Wolf. They have these uh, amazing giant art installations uh, all over the country. Um, and their newest one at the time was Omega Mart. 
It was this mm -hmm. cosmic supermarket type of uh, abstract idea. And it's huge. It's, it's like, I think it's like, I don't know, it's like the size, I, actually, I, I'm not, I'm not giving square footage, but it's a giant cosmic grocery store. And it's in this place called Area 15 in Vegas. And also on the second floor, they have this thing called Winko World made by one of the Blue Man Group guys. What? And it's just a giant, like, psychedelic. Like, it, you, like I don't do drugs anymore. And, like, and it's <laughs> I like just, the like, pause <laughs> anymore. Got <laughs> to pause. Anyways, and it's just like, that place, you feel high. And they have other places all around the country. They have uh, the transit station, which is supposed to be this, like, four-dimensional uh, station for earthlings and other type of beings and stuff. It's just art. It's like, you know how, like, you'd go to Burning Man and you'd find a bunch of trippy psychedelic stuff. Yeah. It's like that, but brought to, to like a place. It's like if Adult Swim was a place. That's actually like, it's like if Adult Swim was a place and they have different kinds of spots. Uh, I recommend, I recommend just look up Meow Wolf. If you get the chance, look up Meow Wolf. Man, you've given so many great recommendations. <laughs> Trust me. I, I live my life in such a way to where I see good art all the time. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, yeah, when you—that's why when you tell me you got to see Old Boy, I'm gonna watch that movie. If you're telling me I need yes. to see that, and I, I haven't seen many South Korean films, but the ones I've yeah. seen have been incredible. No, they're amazing. Like, the actors like, are great, dude. Even Squid Game, Parasite was incredible, obviously. Yeah. But Squid Game, I'm watching. I'm like, these actors are really good. I'm like, they're easily, really, really good. Easily, um, they're they're amazing. No, like South yeah. Korean cinema, what they're able to do is what. I think American cinema can't do, which is they allow their actors to get dirty. They allow their actors to like, you're not going to like, there's like the only movie I've seen where you actually had an actor get like dirty, get shuffled, get like, you know, like you see them like take a beating is Leonardo DiCaprio and the Revenant. Mm. And that was like that. That's what won him the Oscar. But like, that's just a normal day in Korean cinema. Like you want to see someone out in the woods, you're going to see that. It, I, 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 I will stand behind. Korean cinema is just amazing. It's really good. Really weird at times, but really good. Wow. Yeah. Gives you perspective, too, that there's things outside of the United States, right? Like, oh, I, I love think that. a lot of times us here in America, we think it like this is it, but you realize. Yeah. Have you world. traveled outside before? Uh, have you gone abroad? God damn it, man. Have you you got to do that. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I spent two. I, I, I went to Asia, actually, hmm. when I was like 21 years old. I went, I, I went alone. I solo traveled. Uh, I spent a month in Thailand and then a month in Japan. It was wild. It was good times. So what, what did that do to your perspective? Like traveling? So check it out. So I was 21. Yeah. I got into a car accident. Oh, uh, and like most people, uh, I have, a, I have a, uh, a dash camera. And if you don't have a dash camera, I highly recommend getting one because my God, again, like I'm going to sound like a douche, but like I really do. I, get a dash camera. It's so helpful. Oh my God. It's like $70. It'll save your life. Anyways, got a dash camera. Um, we got into a car accident, uh, showed my insurance agent the footage. He was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not at fault at all. Here's $4,000 because that's how much <laughs> my car costs. And I realized at the time I was like, boy, I should probably just get another used car. But I also really want to travel. And I knew that at the time I was like, because I've, I've always just wanted to leave Santa Clarita. I've always wanted to just like leave and just be on my own. And just like, because I have never been on my own, which is like, I hate it. That's what you do. Um, I pretty much got that $4,000 and just bought like a ticket to Thailand. And then I bought a ticket to Japan and I, uh, I went up there. I uh, stayed at a bunch of hostels. I, I, I did drugs 
uh, <laughs> had a bunch of fun, like met a bunch of cool people. And it was funny. Cause like, so I'm 21 years old and I'm like ignorant as hell. Cause you're 21 I was years too. old. <laughs> right. And it's the thing. Like, I, remember, I remember going to like, so I, I have friends I still keep in contact with from this day. This is back in 2016, mind you, this is summer of 2016. So I remember I was going to like Thailand and stuff and I would meet like local people, local folks who are Thai and same age as me. And we would just be like talking and shit and they would understand every reference that I'm throwing out. It was interesting. I was like, Oh yeah. Like you guys watch like fast and furious. Oh, I fucking love fast and furious. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, cause American thing about America is they, ex they export their culture very well to the point where I'm sure people are like sick of Americans abroad. Mm. Like, cause this was all it's like America. Just all we do is export our culture. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I just remember, like, I was like, this is going to sound ignorant, but, like, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, man, do people even have PlayStations? And then I went over to my friend's house, and she had a PlayStation, and I was like, oh, my God, you guys have this shit. And, again, I'm 21 years old. I'm stupid. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just a fucking brown dude going to a fucking, like, Southeast Asian country where I don't know the language. I'm just traveling. In my head, I'm be all right, because, you know, why not? And yeah, and I just, I met a bunch of cool people. I still keep in contact with like friends, my homie from New Delhi. I like how he was also ignorant about stuff like this. Cause he was like, yeah, I'm from India. Uh, I don't know anything about Asia, like that side at least. Like let's, let's go and figure this out together. He was cool. Right. My, my homie on Shul, shout out my homie on Shul. And shout out my friend Patsuda. She's really nice. She lives in Belgium now. Um, and then the, the, the thing was, I remember like after that, I was there for a month just, you know, having some shenanigans and stuff. And then I went to Japan because it was like a, like, I think it was like $400 just to like go from like, you know, like Thailand to Japan. Mm -hmm. And then to go from like Japan, like Tokyo to LAX is a very like, that's such a common route. It's like semi, I'll, I'll phrase that. It would be more expensive to go from Thailand to LA than it would be to go from uh, LA to, you know, like Japan, like vice versa, you know, right, right, closer. Right. So I went to Japan. And I got lost day one. I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was so sad. I was like, my God, I'm, I'm so tired of this traveling stuff. I'm here for a month. And again, <laughs> I'm by myself. And I'm just like, this is going to sound weird. But like, I, I, it was hard because I couldn't, people there in Thailand, people spoke English. In Japan, it was a bit harder because not everyone spoke English. I, I didn't expect that. Um, but it was cool. I was working at a hostel. I was at a hostel and like, that was nice. Uh, cause I got to like, I had a home base, which was cool. Um, uh, I was just like vacuuming and like they fed me and they would let me stay at the hostel for free. Uh, there's a website you can look this up at. I think it's called, what's the website that I use? It was called global travelers or something. I don't know. Anyways, worked at a hostel, uh, never saw Mount Fuji. And I went to Mount Fuji, never saw it. Cause it was always like raining and cloudy. Like the whole oh. month I was there, it was like just always cloudy. <laughs> Except for maybe like one day, but I just remember like I ran into a lot of Australians in Japan because Australians, they go to Japan for like, that's where that it's right there. That's where they go for fun. You know what I mean? Oh um, yeah. That wouldn't be too far from them. Would it? Not at all. So you have a lot of Australians there and I, they were just, man, I, I've never met an Australian person before that. They are just such fun people. Like it's like a giant frat house. Like my God, these guys were so nice. Like, the salt of the earth. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I love those people. Um, I think they travel a lot too. Like it's in their oh, culture to like, oh yeah, go go travel, go go.
go. Yeah, no, ninety percent of of Australia is uninhabitable. They got to travel. Like the entirety of their society is on the coast. Like that's, that's it. Like, like they like just for context, by the way, fun fact: Australia has a dingo fence, like a fence to keep away the dingoes, that is longer than the distance from New York to London. No. No, look it up. It's a real thing. They have a dingo fence. What? Apparently, dingoes are a problem. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fun fact. Ninety, like Australia is a whole ass continent, and ninety percent of it is uninhabitable. Well, like, that's wild. I didn't realize. Yeah, no, I believe it because uh, they when they say because the the world map is deceiving. Yeah, they're like, no, Australia is the size of the United States landmass. It, yeah, it's huge, and there's and, only cities on the yeah, outside. Um, yeah. all that in between. Yeah, who knows what craziness lot? I mean, exactly, you can't. It's uninhabitable. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it's like there's a reason. That like when you look up photos of Australia, you see like spiders that can fly, and flying you see like squir- there's like flying foxes yeah. and shit. Yeah, man. they got flying. Fo- they got exploding trees out there. Like, Explo- is, like what? exploding no, trees. Not when it gets hot enough, the trees explode or some oh, stuff like shit. that. Like, like, and it sends out wood shrapnel that could kill you. And it's like this is a wasteland. Like this is no man should live here. Why did why is why why do you guys even live out here? Like all the crazy <laughs> stuff that we see of Australia, that's where that's where they're that's that's the habitable part. That's the habitable part. Imagine the part that you don't even see. I, I can't even imagine that. You know what I mean? I want to experience the world, but I have no desire to go to that part. Same. No, and I saw I, a YouTube. <laughs> huh? No, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. I'm just, oh, I, no, I, said, I saw a YouTube video once. And this was in South America. There's parts of South America I'm sure I would love, but there was this oh, yeah. part in particular. I don't know if it was the Amazon or wherever it was. It was uh, a YouTube video. It's probably still up. Python eats alligator. Oh, I think I've seen that video. Shit, Dude, I saw that and yeah. I said, that's incredible. But wherever that's at, I don't want to go. <laughs> no, you know what's crazy? <laughs> you know what's crazy is like, is like I have a, I, I, there's a place I really want to go to. Uh, it's called the city at the edge of the world. Hmm. It, is, um, it is the final destination before people go to Antarctica. Because the way you go to Antarctica is like you have to travel down to like the tip of like South America. Yeah. I want to say it's this place called Urshala or shell. I, I, I don't know the name of it, but it's called the last city on earth. And I just want to go there because I just want to see what it looks like to be in that weird twilight zone where it's like in front of you is Antarctica, which we don't know anything about. I mean, we know like some stuff about it, but like it's a weird place. You That's just, a whole other conversation to... we could have because I have a few things to say about that. Dude, I looked. What was it? One of my homies, his dying wish was to go. Well, it was from afraid that just like he's dead. He's, he's still alive. One of my homies is like wish. Oh. He's like, I, before I die, I want to see Antarctica. And I was looking it up, and I was like, that's just a plane in my head. Um, like, this is like this is like a few months ago. I'm like, this was a plane right away, right? And apparently, it cost ten thousand dollars <laughs> to go to Antarctica. Like, at least that's what I looked up because you have to like accounting for travel you have to account for the cruise or rather the ship that goes through this thing called the drake's passage to get you to it and i think i don't know the size of it but it's huge like it's yeah huge huge it's ginormous and this is me i don't want us getting caught up in all these types of yeah, theories yeah, but yeah, yeah. i mean dude i've read shit like uh his name was general admiral bird he went there I'm paraphrasing all this, but basically he yeah. went there, saw some stuff, and it was like crazy. I don't know. And some people claim that there's woolly mammoths down there and like all this other stuff. It. But it's like you can't say that they're not because yeah. it's so big and so unexplored and 
So that's it. And so I'm, it's interesting. Well, they actually, the city. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you heard, but they just discovered an 11 million year old shark off the coast of Japan. What? Yeah. Like, fun fact, sharks are older than trees and older than the rings on Saturn. Sharks are an old species. And like, they just found a shark that's like off the coast of Japan that they thought was extinct, but it was like millions of years old. Are you telling me that this shark, they found a fossil shark from 11 million no, years? No, no, still, it was alive. This no, shark species. has been living for 11 million years. No, 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 no. The species of the that species. shark. Okay. No, 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 no. That shark is, no, God, no, no. They're not jellyfish. <laughs> like jellyfish are immortal. Sharks are not. It's just that species, that species of shark was thought to be extinct because again, sharks are very, very old. A lot of aquatic life on earth is very, very old. And like yeah. sharks are one of those species that's just super fun. It's just always been around. And like, yeah, this one species of shark was like 11 million years old. And they were like, I thought the species was extinct. How is this even still possible? And it's, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's just moving around. Still, still kicking. Like, I'm still here. Well, think yeah. about it too, man. Cause if there was an asteroid or whatever, caused the destruction of dinosaurs and all that yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. was in the ocean wouldn't have been affected by that as much not probably. one bit no yeah, so that's why i see like godzilla movies and like these movies of crazy stuff coming out of the water dude yeah we have not even gotten close to discovering the ocean man oh, like, yeah, facts. like like that's the thing of like you know that one sound like the bloop or whatever it's called like that one there was a sound you could look it up it's called the bloop or whatever Actually, a better example would be the wow signal, if you know about that one. Huh. Well, you, every once in a while, because you have oceanographers, you have like marine biologists, and to parallel that, you have astronomers, and you have like people that look up at the sky. We have satellite and radio waves to look into these sort of things, and we always get these like weird noises that we can't explain, and we always jump to like, oh, it's probably like either aliens or some weird species that we don't know about yet. We, we go to something organic. We go to something biological because we just want to believe that like there's still some cool shit left. You know what I yeah. mean? We just want to believe in that magic. And also, side note, like we haven't had nothing yet in relation to aliens or like ocean stuff. But I mean, I'm sure we're going to get something hopefully soon. We have nothing yet, but I want to believe, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's why, yeah. Yeah, it's... It is fun to think about, you know, it's like we think we know everything, but do we? When you really look at, I mean, our existence as civilization is really a not even a second of a blip compared yeah. to how long. I mean, dude, that's why like when I hear about civilizations like the uh, At uh, Atlantis and stuff like that, some say it's made up, some say it was real. But the thing is, we don't know. Who knows? Maybe there is an Atlantis under the ocean. Yeah. And it was just these people that tapped into different powers. Right. Of the human. You never know. You know, like it's fun. It's fun to think about. Like yeah. you, every I, I think people are just tired of like, you know what it is. I think people are just like, just, again, you just want to believe, man. You just, you just want to believe. Okay, I've seen what's on the surface of Earth. Okay, like, let me see what's out there. Let me see what's on Mars. Let's find that out. You know, fuck it. Like, let's take a picture of a black hole. Like, I just think like it's like, because you know, if you think about it, one of the saddest things is we're only here for such a short amount of time. Just and in that short, like, imagine you're on your deathbed. Like, I think, just imagine, imagine you're like, like 90 year old Sam, just like, oh man, I lived a good life, you know? Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, you just see like aliens dropping down and you're like, fuck, and then you die. <laughs> and it's like, no, <laughs> no, I want to be there for that. 
You know that I mean? should be in your comedy bit. That's funny. It should be, shouldn't it? <laughs> Just imagine it, though. Like, imagine, like, all the cool shit we'll see in our lifetime. And, like, I think about that. Like, some guy's going to be bored when they go to the moon. Like, right. somebody's going to be, like, just like, oh, okay, space tourism, whatever. Like, it's going to be, like, as boring to them. Like, it's going to be cool for us. But we're the first, but that novel's going to wear off, you know? Like, this, I've already been there. This place exactly. sucks. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm slowly describing what a Coke addiction is like. It's like, man, this sucks. I want to make this more exciting. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, my gosh. Dude, I tell you like, what, man, if I ever end up for some reason doing any type of travel show, you have to come be a co-host on it. I think you'd be Dude, please, man. You'd be a please, great person so many... to like because you're so curious. I love that about you. You're so Dude, we're curious. all curious, man. Like yeah. uh, man, I have not seen it. You guys know, I still live in the same town I grew up in. That's that's what drives all of my curiosity. I'm going through this stuff with a childlike sense of wonder, man. I'm just <laughs> God. It, yeah. I love it, man. And dude, honestly, like we, I mean, already we're flo- like this. Uh, what I love about you is this could literally go a billion different directions, which I love. <laughs> I do want to touch on um, stand-up comedy. Oh yeah. And, you know, if I really have never asked you, what got you into comedy? What was your comedy journey? So, so my comedy journey was, uh, you know, it's like if you knew me in like middle school, you'd say I was funny, but I think everyone's funny in their own way. Um, but like just among my friends, I was always just making people laugh and stuff, you know, cause I was like, I had this, like, I didn't get enough attention at home to be honest with you. So I just had like this deep need to like want people around me and for them to like me. I'm a people pleaser and it's something that I'm working on. You know what I mean? Just real, real talk. And it's like, I was, I was a funny person and I had this like, <laughs> had past tense. I had this like hole in my heart to an extent that I was just like, Oh, I just, I need community. I need family. Cause I didn't have that growing up. You know, mm-hmm. my parents were working and just had their own issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was like 20, 2016. Yeah. 2016 was when I really like started, like, let me go and explore the comedy scene in LA. Let me, you know, cause again, Hollywood was like only a half hour drive. Let me go and check it out. And I did comedy and it was horrible. I, I hated it. Actually. I was like, this is not, fun there's no community to like when people think of stand-up comedy they think of like maybe some camaraderie or some like communal sense of like just a bunch of people in a room like laughing at each other you know what i mean also real quick not every comedian has a tragic backstory i just just want to point that out like i know a lot of i know a lot of people that came from dysfunctional homes and they are not funny people I just want to throw that out there. Like, not everyone who came from a bad home life is, is funny or they're going to be fun. They, some people are just like, you know, they just, they just, they're just not. Um, they cope in their own ways. This was a coping mechanism for me. And then slowly, it just became something that I just did. I just, I always did it. Let me just try to do it. And here's the thing. Uh, I did it for like hardcore for like a year. Like for a year, I was like, yeah, going to like five mics a week. Cause I also needed friends. Cause you know, this is like, you know how like after you graduate high school, all your friends go off to different colleges. You're trying to find yourself. You're doing that. You're doing that alone. Mm. And I was doing that alone. And so I didn't have any friends. So I was like, let me make friends in the comedy scene. Yeah. And no, cause like, like, again, you think comedians were just all of us in a room, just made each other laugh. That's not it at all. Most of comedy is just you in a room full of strangers with people who just want to go home. And then once they perform, they leave because they want to go home. 
And that's really what it is. And it's like, huh? Because again, everybody wants to be, I don't know if it's an LA thing, but everyone wants to be famous or whatever. And, you know, I'm not knocking that at all. I think it's a very noble goal. Like I hope, I hope any, I hope everyone gets whatever they want to make them feel fulfilled and worthy enough. Um, but yeah, I quit it because I was just not, ha- I was not making any friends and I sucked at comedy because it's really hard to make humor out of nothing. And then um, I started going to this place called Palms Up Academy, which is, you know, you've been there before. And that was my first mic that I went to that it wasn't comedy based. It was just, hey, come up here and just perform. Say what's on your soul. And people really were saying what was on their souls. They were expressing themselves. And, you know, that, 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 like, that spark, you know what I mean? That, like, that, like, yo, this is, I belong here, you know, this is it. Like, these are, these are people that I want to be around. That's where I sort of, like, was like, hey, you know what? Like, while I'm here, let me do this art form again because it's the only thing I know how to do and I want to contribute to the space. Um, and I did that and I did comedy from, like, well, like, that was, like, in 2018. So I've been doing comedy for, like, 2016, take a year break. 2018 to 20 it's like about four years roughly four years give or take however um what is it uh when the pandemic hit and we started doing uh zoom comedy oh my god it was a disaster oh my it was awful it was just people in their rooms just ranting in their underwear like it was like nuts it was and you couldn't even tell if you were funny either it was just like oh so then i said what and then nobody would laugh and it's like oh is there a lag no, you're just not funny. Okay. <laughs> and it and it sucked. So I started doing music. So like let me show you this thing real quick. So I got yes, this. Thing. I want to hear about that. The machine that you have. So I, I have this is only one of them, but I, I got into I I I have no rhythm and I have no musical background whatsoever, but I like cool noises. So I have Can you hear this? Yeah. So I have like this like eight bit machine. And like this is like some music that I made with it. Dude, that's amazing. Anyways, but yeah, cool stuff. So, so it's like a I little have, portable music maker. I mean, you can just... I actually, I actually have a bunch of them. I also have like another one. I have this one. What is it called? That, uh, the, these are called pocket operators. You should look them up. They're pocket like... Pocket operators. Yeah, they're like 50 to to $100 a pop. They're very affordable. Uh, or, well, I'm afraid that that is a lot of money. Um... For what they can do, I think they're very reasonable for the price. Like the cheapest one is about fifty bucks, I believe, and that one is just like they have like drum kits and stuff. This is their most expensive model right here. Um, it's called the uh, PO thirty three. It's a sampler, so like you could sample stuff. So like for, for example, like uh, I would sample. Um, I sampled like office equipment. So like, so like for example, like I don't know if you can hear this. Yeah. I would just sample office stuff and I'm like, all right, cool. This is a this is a sound it could make. And yeah, I would just like I just wanted to just expand my artist my artistry, man. I'm I'm tired of comedy to be honest with you here. I'm uh I I realize I'll still do it and I'll make people laugh, but I'm like I wanted I, I was scared of doing any other art form for a long time because I was like, Well, I'm in this box. Let me stay in this box because I'm afraid to fail. And you know, then I'm like, you know what though? I have a good support network and all my friends are artists and I know they would cheer me on 
if I was just up on stage and didn't say a word. So let me actually, you know, let me actually try to learn something. You know, why not? I, I got to read a quote to you really quick. I saw this yesterday. Tell me. Um, it really hit home with me. Um, Tell let me. me see. Being an artist, there are periods where you need to study, to read, to contemplate, to meditate, and you need to dream. You don't need to produce every day of your life. Uh, Mick enough was the person quoted. But, uh, I thought it was Julia Cameron. Oh. Yeah, it sounds like something she might say. But it, I think as artists, too, we feel this pressure like, I got to yeah. And social media is a gift and a curse, right? Because it gives you a great place to put stuff out, but it also yeah. puts pressure on like, shoot, I haven't put something out in a while. Yeah. And I think we forget about the process. Um, like, you know, you say you may want to stay away from comedy for a second, but go explore some other art forms. Go exactly. try some other things. And you know what? You'll, you'll probably come, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you'll come back to it with a different perspective, maybe and different yeah. and ready to exercise that muscle, maybe. Pretty much, it's just it's just a desire to just like you know. There's we're all multifaceted human beings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm always fascinated by like. So I have this. There's this. There's this term. I think it's called Sonder. It's the realization that everybody else's life is just as vivid as and creative as your own. I sort of struggle with this because like, until someone tells me, like some like I don't know dark stuff they have going on in their life. I have a hard time seeing them as real. So I'm just like, oh no. But like everyone's their whole person. Everyone is real. Mm -hmm. And I always make sure to keep that in mind. So I know that like, even though I'm seeing like anyone around me, like you, for example, I know you have your own crazy, like, you live in Vegas for eight years. Mm -hmm. Like my parents had their own life before they had me. My grandparents were people. You were people. We are all people. Like everybody, there's so so much multifacetedness to people and i feel like for some reason probably capitalism we only ever show the side of ourselves that is the most accepted and the most profitable and it's like you know and you know yeah just try to try to expand your horizons try to be more knowledge try to just when's the last time you did something for the first time you know i played music for the first time on stage like a month ago that was scary but it, you know, time slows down when you're doing new stuff every day. Man, that is a gem right there, man. You just, that might be the podcast promo right there. That's so, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, you worded it very beautifully. Like, we're always showing the quote unquote most profitable version of ourselves. And that's. Yeah. <sighs> I think that's, I mean, tying it back to when, you know, you're talking about some of these open mics and stuff. I mean, you've been to way more than I have, but I've been to my share. Come through, man. Come through, man. Come through. Yeah, some yeah, of these yeah. But, like, when it's, when you see someone spilling their guts. Yes. Of the most, like, vulnerable part about themselves. I mean, man, it really just, it just, it just pierces through all the bullshit. <laughs> it just pierces through everything. Yes. Like, yo, this is humanity right here. There's no show. There's no lights and glamour. And like, no, this is as raw as it gets. And there's something. And you, you get that through, multi, I mean, you get that through books. You get that through movies. You get that through comedy. You get it through poetry. So many different things. Music. Yeah, You're right. Oh, uh, you, you, are, you are absolutely right. 
and it's it's a thing of like it's like there's this place called the human library well it's not a place it's more of an idea mm-hmm. and it's this organization where basically you have individuals and you can just go around and they'll just tell you their story you know it'll be it'll, it'll range from like a five-year-old to a holocaust survivor mm. and it's just like these little mini short bites of like here is my life story and you can ask me a question and i'll tell you about this thing and it, they, they have an instagram page they're coming checking it out human library and yeah you just like you get to see like just different facets of humanity because like you know i never wanted to be that person that in order to survive they have to shut down parts of themselves to exist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like once you stop seeing the humanity in yourself, you stop seeing the humanity in others. And that opens up a can of worms that, I don't know, could be generational in its effect. And, you know, it's just, it's just important to realize that like, again, like everybody is their own person and it's important to treat everyone as such. Like you don't have to be anything you don't want to be. You're already, you're already worthy enough. You don't have to be lovable. You already are love. Everything you have is inside you. Granted, I need to take my own advice. So, <laughs> no, I I feel you, and just relating it to where the part of the country we live, and knowing you know a lot of people that are chasing these industries. One thing that turns me off. This is me speaking for myself about quote unquote Hollywood. Uh, Tell me, I love this because you're in it way more than I am. Well, and I'm not even in it. I mean, not now. I mean, I'm because uh, I had my injury this past year. Oh, you okay? Um, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, but I had a pretty serious injury that I've been recovering from. and But doing well, staying grateful. But it's given me a lot of chance to reflect on things. And, and I know this is part of the business. And I fully respect and admire all my friends and people I see going for the movie business and things like that. But there's just this artificialness to it um, of like, I don't know what's real <laughs> sometimes with, with some, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I loved yeah. what you said. You're, people are putting out a version of themselves and it's just yeah. not in this area. I mean, it's, it can be in anything, but it just gets to a point. Like I realized in my life, like I'm, I'm going to die. Like it's happening for all of us. You're Like you all said, right. I hope it's at 90 and maybe some aliens land. I'm like, oh, shit. But it's like, it's like, how do you want to, like, at the end of the day, you can only be honest with yourself. Like, you can put on whatever show you want for other people to think. And this is one thing, this is one of my criticisms of social media, is it's caused people, and I have fell victim to this, it makes them feel like they're not enough. It makes them feel like I need to, well, I saw so-and-so post this, so that means I need to do this. And it's like, it's a really dangerous place, I feel. yeah, for people, especially when younger kids are now getting on social media right. before we did, and it's like, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like the mentality it gives people. Like, you know, you having to feeling this pressure that I gotta become what? Well, it's like become what? Like, it's yeah, like become much, this yeah. so you these people might like you. Yeah, you know. So I dig what you're saying with the authenticity. I, and, like, like there's some there's some privilege to to this. I feel. Only because, like, it's easy to say that, like, I'm not, I'm not into, I'm not into uh, toxic positivity. Are you familiar with that term? Is that like, I'm, I'm taking a guess, like, have a great day? To, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. yeah, pretty much. It's stuff like, it, it's stuff like that where it's just like people, 
are they ignore the realities of life in mm. favor of just positive thinking and manifestation kind of mm. like oh you're having a you know your parents you know didn't love you enough and like you don't have a lot of friends well hey maybe if you had a positive attitude things will get better and it's like shut up like there's a there's a thing where people use positivity to shut down conversations on actual like issues that people have and it's like when i when i say to people that like hey you are enough you are worthy you are loved i know that i'm saying that as someone who has an abundance of friendships um saying that as someone who has a roof over their head and someone who isn't kind of this uh i'm not starved for uh i'm not starved for like friendship or like companionship or care um i mean you know i am starved for like you know obviously like you know fucking human contact and intimacy but that's, that's a whole different thing though but like you know but like it's like i just like the thing is i know people we're not all the same points in life mm. and i try to be cognizant of that because i know like to some people when they hear certain things about like oh you know like it's like how i'm afraid it's People want you to be confident, but they really hate it when you fake that confidence. Does that make sense? Mm. And it's kind of like I don't blame people who fake their confidence. I don't mind that. So I don't think I don't mind fakeness as long as it's internal. As long as it's you being like, "Hey, I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna do this. Cool." But the moment that fakeness starts pushing that onto me or somebody else, then that's when I get bothered. Like if someone's if someone has to like trick themselves into being happy, I'm cool with that. But if you have to trick me into liking you, then I don't want to be around you. And that's where I feel like the Hollywood people are. They, their, their problems are external. and th Their problems are internal and they're trying to make it external. And, you know, I feel like more people need to, again, if, fake it till you make it. But please, dear God, don't preach to me how to live. Yeah, and uh, one lesson I've, I really dig that. One, one lesson I've learned a lot lately is... Uh, I no longer am seeking validation and Damn, that it sounds like is a great so freeing, man. When I, I no longer seek validation, it's, it's, it, it just automatically gives you confidence because it takes away these, these things that were manipulating you to think you needed to be, to have confidence. It's like, wait a minute, yeah. I don't need this, <laughs> this to be that, or this person to like, I mean, it's cool if they like me, but it's also cool if they don't. Yeah, I'm me, and it 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 really in social media. I'll go back to it. It it's created such a desire for validation. Like validate yeah. me, like validate me with likes yeah. and comments, and tell me how great I am. You know, yeah. it, it's man. It's I hope they get to that point at someday. That sounds awesome. When did you get to that point? How did you realize you were you always there? How did you get to that point? No, 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 no. Oh man, this will have to be probably part two. <laughs> we talk about. Ah! I no for me I uh so I was called a narcissist and ego driven I mean I'll even go back 10 years and I used to fight it what do you mean a uh, ego driven it's not like ego like I'm a douchebag ego it was more just self-obsession and as an artist it's a fine line right because in art yeah you got to have some <laughs> to, there's some ego driving there it is no for the sure artistry, for sure right for but, sure. It's like, it's like how every surgeon has to think that they are this amazing, powerful person because they're literally rescuing people from yes. death. Yes. You have to be that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta have some confidence. (laughs) Real confident, yes. I don't want an unconfident surgeon. For me, um, with narcissism and what social media does, it always has you thinking about how you look. Like, how do I I look in this outfit? What do I look taking this picture? And I heard a brilliant quote the other day. Uh, It was, uh, it's actually Bill Maher (laughs) said, Wow. yeah, he, but he said something interesting about how phones have taken over us. And he said, people are more concerned about getting a picture, making it look like they're having a good time, as opposed right. to actually having the good time. And I thought right. about that even in reference to like how I'm living my life. How many, There's been times, and I'll admit, I'm, I'm living my life through social media. Like some of, of the things I was participating in doing, it's not that I didn't enjoy doing them, but... I had to get pictures. I had to get video. I had yeah. to get this. And it's part of the game, but it's like how much I, I realized how much it took me out of the present moment and how I wasn't actually enjoying maybe some of the things I said, quote unquote, I was enjoying. And in terms of the physical images and stuff and just always looking at pictures of yourself and how do I look in this and how do I look in that? Oh, I can't post that picture. That's my bad side. It's like, fuck, man, do you know how freeing it is to just let that go? I believe it. And that's why I loved what you said about when you start to do new things each day, life slows down. Because you're right. And I'm guilty of it. I get in routine. I get in routine. Oh, we all do. Yeah. And it's it's good and bad, right? It's good because you get you get productive, but also it also makes this stuff fly by very quickly. (laughs) It's 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 the idea of like you know, just like when you're a kid, time is slow because everything's new. When you're an adult, you're, you're stuck in a routine, so you got to break it out every once in a while. That's why, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm at a point right now where, like, you know, I, I like going to open mics because at least I'm going to see something new. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? At least I'll see something new and, like, you know, I'll, something, at least, something will at least come up that I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, and you just, you just never know. Because, yeah, like, you know, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, sorry. Go on. Go on. Well, this no, I, I, yeah, I agree, and and also, just relating it to I don't know how we're getting toward the end here, so I don't know how much time we'd have to go into love and romance and things of that nature. <laughs> Although, <laughs> as we were talking pre-podcast, uh, the last time we saw each other in person was actually what was that? A love poetry night? It was, was a it was an erotic poetry workshop. My homie Aman, she puts these on. She's uh, I believe she's a tantra healer. I think that's the term. And her and her, I want to say that's her roommate. I want to say that, that's her roommate, Dale. Anyways, her and her roommate, they put, you know, they put on these erotic workshops and just, uh, just a good split, a good space to express eroticism openly, which I've never been to a space like that before. And I was like, hey, I think you'd enjoy this. And I also messaged a bunch of other friends that I'm like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was it, amazing. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it's not back by any chance. By the way, I, I think I think it's done. It's kind of sad. It's it's done as far as I know. So, do we? Uh, yeah. so are you saying that we got to explore the, the end of that space yeah. energy? At the it last was only around town. That place was around for maybe like six months, and then that's it. And then I was like, oh, okay, you know, we're taking a break. We'll be back in. We'll be back in. You know, we're taking a. You know, because like these, a lot of mics around here, they do like they're seasonal you know what i mean like we'll be open for like six months you know or maybe like four months usually like you know from like march to like 
August or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is just one of those, you know. And you know, they 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 were like, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next month. Or we'll be back like you know, early next year. And then you know, the pandemic happened, and it was yeah. like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But it was. So this is <laughs> sexuality is such a weird thing, man. Like it's like what I loved about that night down in China. I'm just always going to say in Chinatown where we were. It is Chinatown. It was right. It was in the dope, but I'd never been to Chinatown before. That was my first. see. That's what I love, man. Like you, you're like, hey, man, come check this out. Like come explore something different. Come meet it's some. Let's check it out. And I walk into this room, and it's dark lit. People are sitting on pillows. And yeah, I didn't know what was about to happen. It was like purple. Yeah. <laughs> the lighting was good. You know, it was good lighting. You know, it was that's, good. That's half the fun. I had the mood. And uh, yeah. I remember they said like, all right, if you came here tonight, you know, you're just not going to listen. You're going to participate. And they handed us paper yeah, and pen. Exactly. And we wrote stuff. And I actually read what I wrote. And people were reading what they wrote. And it was a spectrum, yeah. right? It was like everything from like the most sensual romance, deep love. To yeah. pure debauchery in the bedroom. <laughs> as, as, as you know, you're right. It was all spectrums of man. It was, you know, all spectrums. It was of cool man. too. Yeah. And like they even had like I, I believe the night you went, one of my homegirls, um, she was actually the feature, and it was cool because like she has really good poems on eroticism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, what is it? Uh, I really enjoy. Like I, I see her piece. Like you know, I've seen I've seen that poet. You know, an, a lot. But like the pieces she was sharing that I've never heard before, and I, you know, it, it's obviously talking about sexuality and stuff like that has a lot of baggage to it. So it was good to just have a place to explore all that, like judgment-free guy, girl, non-binary, everyone to just sort of just like explain, like, yeah, I'm into this. I, and you know, don't get me wrong, I'm 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 one of those people that I'm just like, ew. But like, <laughs> like when I heard some of the people, like when I heard what some of their fetishes were, I was like, oh, okay. But like, I'm, I'm happy that they could express it. I, I'm glad yeah. that that space exists. And I'm glad that, you know, Amon, God bless her. You know, she's a fantastic woman who's very good at creating spaces like that. You know, I'm, I'm happy that those spaces exist. It's really, really good times. I yeah. agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it was a safe space and it's a space that's for why. something that's so taboo that we're taught not to talk about it or, uh, you can't oh, yeah. say this and you can't say that, or that's weird if you bring that up. Where it, oh, yeah. What I loved about that space, and probably all types of spaces like this around LA, is like, just come as who you are. Like, we don't, yeah. we're not judging. And that's one thing I will say about Los Angeles that I do a great thing about this city is like, you just, you can be who you want. Yeah, pretty much. Be, be yourself. Very- you can be yourself. You can be yeah. yourself. Not, you're not saying you can't do that other places, but here. No, no, no. There's just it's a melting pot of so many different personalities and individualities and you know yeah. it's, it's a beautiful. I thing. think I think like the need for like authenticity is greater here because of Hollywood. You know what I mean? Because there's so much mm. like of like that LA fakeness. There's a lot yeah. of people who want to push back against that and be like, no, 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 we're we're really real. Like a lot of us are bleeding hearts. A lot of us wear our hearts on our sleeves. You know, we really do. We are, some of us do live up to certain, like, you know, artistic stereotypes. We do quote Shakespeare or we do get really dramatic when we perform poetry, like, but it's real, it's authentic and it's who we are. And it's like, you know, that's all people want. It's just authenticity. Yeah. And and, and bringing it back to the narcissism, what the point I was going to bring it home to was when you quit, when you quit seeking validation, even when it comes to romance or, you know, 
going into that realm, I feel it gives more confidence because I'm, I'm no longer, it's now I'm not saying don't have yourself together to, to some regard, but you know, but it's, it's like, I'm not in my head about, Oh, is my outfit the right outfit or, Oh, do I have enough? I mean, I mean, to be fair though, you look good. Like, I mean, let's just get out of the way. You're a very attractive man. Like you don't need, you don't need to worry about, like, you know how some people could wear trash and still pull it off? I think you could pull off any outfit that you pick. Like, you, you have a good body. You're a good-looking man. You got good hair. Respectfully speaking, I'm just saying. Like, I wouldn't worry about these things if I were you. Well, I mean, you're a good-looking dude, too, man. I, I, I mean that. Prime, I, 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 dig, I dig the look and the vibe. And uh, I guess the point I'm trying to bring is when you quit thinking of the external and you focus on the internal, that's what I'm also focusing when I'm connecting with another human being, too, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, easily. No, no, easily. I, I'm about, and that can be anything. That can be friendship, romance, whatever. No, 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 facts, facts. No, I'm the same way, except I'm, I'm the same way, except I'm more, I'm more, what's the word? It's like, I want, I want like, I want your, your whole being. Like, I, I, all of my exes, like all three of them, four of them, well, I don't know. Like, very, I, I do not have a long dating history. I, 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 I don't. But, um they would all tell me like the same thing where it was like, I'm like probably the first person to ask them what their boundaries were, what they are comfortable with and like, you know, stuff like that. And I'm very, very communicative because my parents were. So I'm like, I, I try to be communicative. So I, if I'm like going to be like with you, we're going to like be together. I'm going to know who you are. I want like the highs and the lows. I want all of it because like, you know, I'm at a point now where I just, I don't have shallow friendships. You know what I mean? I don't have shallow relationships with people. I, I really do just like, you know, like if you're around me, you know, we're going to go to some art stuff. We're going to open up. I'm going to know about your life. You know what I mean? Like, I liked that time when you and I went to that uh, poetry, erotic poetry session. Because it was like, oh, this is cool. I'm learning more about you. I get to see like who you are, more of that, you know? And I think that's really cool. And I want to, that's why I want to take you to more open mics, man. You can fucking other people man like fuck <laughs> yeah you know? it's yeah it, I, I like the human library thing you had brought up too just yeah it's definitely worth checking out people are such a valuable resource and, and I, I think you're similar to me and as you know we do have a pretty good network of people me. we talk to of all different areas i i like being friends with people in all different industries and areas. It's, it's, it's interesting, man. And it keeps you, Same. it keeps you grounded too. It doesn't get me lost in just one world. Like, Same. I, no, I, I, I agree. I, I like that too. Like, like my best friend is this like tiny Mormon girl. Mm -hmm. It was like, what is it? Uh, I like her. Cause like, she's not an artist by any means. She's just, you know, someone who is, I've, I've known her since middle school and she's like one of my best friends, if not my best friend. And like, I like talking to her because she's not an artist. She's just someone who just, you know, she does her own thing. And I'm like, oh, this is so great. Because sometimes, sometimes when all you talk to is artists, you want to talk to other people that aren't artists. Just to remind yourself, you know, what the world looks like. Yeah. What the world <laughs> looks like. You know what I mean? Just to remind yourself, hey, not everyone is out here. Let me step out of La La Land for a second. and <laughs> Exactly. Let me just say, you know, what's the, what are the Mormons up to? You know, like, Melissa. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, she's 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 genuinely a really good person. That's awesome, and and this has been an amazing conversation, man. Like, I really, like, I mean, I, it's just I feel like I could go five hours with you. And before we wrap here, and you, you've touched on it a little bit, um, 
throughout the podcast, you know, when I notice some of the things you share publicly and talk about and are so open with, like you even said, like you ask people, what are your boundaries? One area, and I don't know if it's to be labeled as mental health or whatever you want to do. I, you seem to have a very open conversation addressing some of these issues that a lot of people oh, yeah. may not be comfortable talking about. And I really admire about that about you. And I respect that about you. And going to what you started the podcast with, you live. You said you lived in, in a household where you didn't express yourself. Yeah, just one thing I've it. learned is when you keep that stuff bottled up in you, it's not that it doesn't go away. It's there. Yeah. You know? So until you face that and deal with it, and you know whatever you got to do to deal with it, that's how you get past some of those things. So I was just giving you really an open floor, or if you could just maybe take me a little through like your mindset when it comes to mental health or people. Mental health is an interesting topic. I'm glad that we're at a point in society where we can just talk about it openly. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I see a therapist like once a week, you know, uh, and you know, I've, it's like one of those things that I was always one of those kids that like, I think it was around, like, I always had like, like, I, 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 I've always like, my whole thing was, is that like, I was always very self-aware. Like, I remember like there were points in my life where I just remember like the way my parents were and my living situation was just not normal. Like my dad, you know, he would always work. He wasn't there for me emotionally. And that really messed me up. You know, it left a black hole in my heart and it sucks. And it's something that I deal with even through adulthood. I'm 26, which is God. Anyways, um, you're young. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah. Uh, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, I saw, like, my dad, you know, he grew up a certain way that men in that era were expected to behave. And it was like, the older I got, the more I just sort of like, I rejected masculinity and like, you know, stuff like that. I, I didn't like toxic masculinity. I didn't have the language to express it at a young age, but I just remember being like, I don't like the way as a man, I'm supposed to behave and act and be stoic. And I'm like, I see what that looks like. That's my, that's my dad. I see what that gets you. I don't want that. I want more. And it sucks because I fluctuate between like, you know, because the world, I still really feel like the world that my dad lives in isn't that far off from the world that I live in. I just have different coping mechanisms that just weren't i just have different tools that weren't available to him but like corporate america that's still that's still a real thing you still have to shut off parts of yourself to an extent to be able to do it and my dad shuts off parts of himself to do it and i get it at the same time it's like a part of me is like i don't want to be this um mental health is like man like I got to take my own advice so many times. It's like, it sucks. Cause it's just like, I wish it's like, I wish that everyone had everything they want so that they would know that like, it's not enough. And I heard Jim Carrey say that. Like, that's not, that's not me saying that's Jim Carrey. Mm. And I'm not at that point yet at all. Like I feel like I'm very behind in life. You know, I feel like I haven't reached any of the milestones that most people my age have. And, you know, I see on the internet that that's somewhat common. So that's like, makes me feel happy. But like, 
I just like, I don't know. I don't know what the end goal is because the happiness is too abstract. I think contentment might be it. But I know that like you should have some support around you or just you should always have people because, you know, I don't know if everyone struggles with like negative self-talk. I have a horrible in my head. I'm like a horrible fucking monster. I wake up to like things that I did in middle school sometimes because they were just like not even bad but they're just you know just dumb stuff i constantly think about like how i'm 26 and i still live in the same town i grew up in and then i'll say that to my friends you know i'll be like oh man i still live in the same town i grew up in and my friends will be like yeah but you're in la like you're not like you're not in the middle of nowhere dude like you you are at the end point for a lot of people and you just you're here and it's stuff like that just always like have a good support system, people that'll like bounce the negative thoughts off. You know, that said, I understand that not everyone has that. Not everyone has friends because I've been there before. And one of the things that sort of helped me out, I noticed at a very young age was if I'm vulnerable, that'll filter out a lot of people. And in a weird way, it'll bring people closer to you. Cause like, you know, like, I'm still growing. I still get it wrong. But, like, I think I'm at least trying to be more authentic every day. And the more authentic you are, the more you'll just filter people that don't need to be in your life. And you will filter people who should be in your life, you know? And people are drawn to that. And I think, like, you know, at the end of the day, we all just, you know, not, not, not we all, but like just a lot of us are just craving some sense of belonging and some sense of like, you know, validation and like that we're good enough. And I think, you know, we'll all get there when we get older, but right now in our twenties, it's, uh, it's like an uphill battle, but we'll get there, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, you know, but just while we're in our twenties, we're gonna, we're gonna stumble along the way. So these are just growing pains, you know, I'm sure once I'm 50 and like, I've, you know, I'll look back on all this and be like, yeah, I, I did it. I did it the best that I could. <laughs> I hope so at least. Yeah. I love that. And the twenties is definitely not that your thirties aren't too, but the twenties no, is 30 definitely seem cool. Yeah. Twenties was a very fun, but yeah, it is mentally because you're, you're figuring out stuff still <laughs> like, yeah, who am I? And, what do I, you know, and, you know, it's like they get to the thirties. There's still some of that, but you're a little more grounded. So yeah, I think you're doing great, man. I think you're, thank you. that means a lot, man. I appreciate it. Oh no. I mean, you're a very, a very intelligent, insightful, hey. uh, compassionate person that I'm grateful to know. Likewise, uh, man. Likewise. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time here and I, I could keep talking to you all night. Uh, uh, it's late <laughs> it's getting late so um any final words or thoughts things something you've been thinking about a book you've read anything you want to leave us with oh uh, you know i mentioned how sharks are older than than trees right i mentioned that already yeah very, yes. very important uh you know i would again i hope if you're listening to this whoever is listening to this i hope they feel i hope they know that they are worthy they are good enough and I hope you know that, like, even though I don't know you, you know, whoever's listening, I would hope that you at least feel less alone. And that's kind of it. 
and that you matter. You know? Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. If people want to follow you, can they follow you anywhere? Oh, yeah. So uh, Instagram is Ariel51 underscore comedy. I don't post jokes on there. I really should. I suck at social media, man. Uh, I'm on Facebook. But, like, again, that's just because I'm on Facebook. My name is Ariel Jimenez. Yeah, no. Uh, you can find me at Palms Up Academy on Wednesdays. Uh, we have we, – we, we run out – we are an, an open mic. Uh, we, you know, run out of a decolonized high school. It's, it's very cool. It's an indigenous space in Eagle Rock. It's really tight. It's an outdoor amphitheater. Really cool. Yeah, no. Uh, come through sometime. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, if you want to stalk me, my home address. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Ariel, this has been a treat, man. It's so good to talk to you. So good to see you. Thank I you watch, for just man. being your true, authentic self. And this is a fun podcast, man. There's, there was a lot of things talked about in a short amount of time. Dude, let me, let me know when this episode uploads, man. I'd love to Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you as soon as it's up, man. And uh, one quick thing before we go. Um, is Ariel 51 a playoff of Area 51? Yeah, I was it just I now was, hit me that that no no yeah I was uh there's a band <laughs> so me and my brother me and my brother I was I was listening to this band called Roswell Kid which side note by the way I don't know if you've ever been to Roswell that place is kind of cool like, it's a cool it's a cool place to spend like a night at um, but anyway yeah Roswell New Mexico no, yeah never it's been a, it's a whole town devoted to like aliens like it's so yeah, cool I know of like, it yeah yeah so no yeah I, I was uh I was listening so I have like music like you know like like nomikers or whatever like like for example like one of my stage names is hispanic at the disco you know but the og one was ariel 51 and my brother thought of it because we were listening to a band called roswell kid and i was like what if i call myself something like that like you know like roswell like roswell like child or some shit he was like that's kind of lame and we were just thinking about the whole time and then i went to like you know i forgot what i did i went off to go somewhere and he came back and he was like ariel 51 i'm like that's the one that's pretty that's, genius <laughs> right it's so good awesome my friend yeah. ariel thank you so much uh we'll be talking again soon hope to see you soon and again yeah, man. again if you're free next tuesday let me know about uh if you're free to go to a mic and you know a bunch of artists it'll be indoors in someone's actual apartment well loft really but you know if you want to come through yeah man for sure and if not this time i'll definitely i know definitely we'll connect soon hell yeah all right, man. I'll talk to you in the future. Peace, man. All right, my friend. Peace.